Hash House and Circle Up. Welcome to On, the Hash House Harrier podcast for interviews, history, and stories. I'm your host, Ra. Today on the podcast, we're down south in Asheville, North Carolina. Now, I don't know, and it's really none of my business of their sexual orientation, but this is a bi couple. They are binational. We've got a Canadian and American couple. Welcome, Big Stones and Cougar. Welcome. Hi. Happy to be here. We'll see if you guys can coordinate your talking at each other uh, while you're talking to me. Let's start with your origin stories. One by one, when, where, and how did you get started hashing? Cougar. My sister, Mrs. Robinson, came back from Beijing as a hasher and hashed for a few years before I dipped my toe in. It was 1999 when she finally got me to come and actually cohair her exit hash from being GM at Hogtown. Wow. Do you remember anything about that day? I sure do. I learned what nettles were. I ran through water for the first time in my life. I think Burr Bryan was next GM, crowned that day. I thought they were all crazy and therefore understood. Cool. So did you go back immediately? Yeah, slowly, just because of commitments and stuff like that. But yeah, I started slowly hashing at that time and more so as time went by. I didn't get named for a long time. I remember younger people in the house saying to me, younger people, oh my God, you've been hashing for six months and you're not named. I'm like, I thought the whole point was to avoid it. Stay under the radar because you're going to get a horrible name. So I was just under the radar. How did you get your hash name? I only once dated a guy who was older than I, including currently, didn't marry one who was older than I am either. So I was always dating younger guys. My house was and is partially covered in animal prints. The day that I, night I got hashed, I was actually wearing a coat that had a big animal print lining, and it was just written in the stars. A confluence of cougar factors. Yes. Oh, and also my sister is Mrs. Robinson, so the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. Yes. All right. Work stones. How about you? When, where, and why? I was doing contract work with physical therapy. I heard about hashing in Williamson, West Virginia. I didn't really start or didn't go to a hash until I lived in Big Stone Gap, Virginia. So you can see where this is going. I went to a hash in Knoxville. It was me and the hare. The hare was Aunt Jemima. At the end of the trail, he was just so happy that I drove two hours to go to his hash. He was on rollerblades and I'm running behind him. He's like trying to climb fences to hare. And I'm like, this, what the hell is this all about? That I drove two hours to chase this guy around and kick rollerblades. We get to the bar and his brother shows up and they're just said, we're going to name you because we're just appreciative that somebody came to this thing. And they gave me a hash name that was alliterative. And I said, I don't want to do that. I didn't know you could not accept a hash name. So they gave me another name. They said, we'll call you Big Stones because you came from Big Stone Gap for the hash today. And that was the end of that. What was the alliterative name? Yeah, I know. We're going to keep that a secret. I, maybe on my deathbed. I'll I don't know. I have tried all sorts of ways to get it out of him. I have no idea. Does anybody know where Aunt Jemima is? I have spoken to Aunt Jemima since that time, and he doesn't even recall the day, so it's perfectly serious. <laughs> Knoxville, did you ever go back? 
not to hash. We live fairly close to Knoxville now. We went to a Costco there. That's about it. (laughs) My my contract was up, and then I went to Mississippi and did some hashing with Memphis. Went to my first weekend in Biloxi, and then it all just steamrolled from there. Knoxville hash. Did it ever get bigger than one person? I, from what I understand, it has. We had some visitors from Knoxville here a couple of years ago, so I know it exists. That particular hasher isn't welcome back in our house, which is another story. But well, so yeah. like that, they do have a Knoxville hash. I think it still exists today. I'm not sure if it's thriving or what's going on with it. Let's go back to Cougar and talk about the turn of the millennium there. 1999. You started hashing. You've mentioned Berg Bryan, who was a fixture in Toronto. I just went to his trail last Saturday in Toronto. I know you wished you could have been there. Yeah, I saw the pictures. It looked like fun. What was hashing like then? What was the size of it? What was the beer, the cost? What do you remember about anything of what it was like to hash then before Inter-Americas? It just felt like fun and i say that on a whole lot of different levels having hashed for such a long time people went out on a monday or a sunday i think hash cash was five bucks back then that only changed just before i moved down here like not even 10 years ago beer i don't remember it being horrible it was about running and having beer which is what it's supposed to be i think when i learned that people were allowed to be cheeky with people. When I started hashing regularly, White Pussy was the was the GM, and he was a terrific GM. He he was in charge of his circle all the time. If he didn't know him, and if he didn't know the hash, you might think he was mean, but he wasn't. He was just clever, and he was very good at keeping that balance. And I always learned from that experience or that example that when it's okay to call somebody a slur, you have to do it with respect. And when it's okay to take your shirt off, you have to be respected. When in the culture, when the norms are lowered in terms of what is allowed, then the respect has to be higher. And I always felt safe in that knowledge. Not so much now. Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about Ben a little bit more. What about hash songs? How much a shock were the hash songs? And was that a big part of it then? Oh, sure. It was a part of it. It was not really a shock. It was just giggly. It was just fun. You'd hear them and go, oh, that's clever. That's fun. I always considered it, again, not shocking because I'm not a demure thing, but I just thought they were good. I don't know a whole lot of new songs from moving down here, but I do bring out the old ones from Hogtown once in a while because they don't know them down here. <laughs> Stop. Big stone. Let's talk about you're moving around these mid-southern states uh short-term stays where did you go what was your travel log there from the start after i started hashing it was in corinth mississippi that's in the northeast corner of mississippi and meeting up with a memphis hash first of all it was just a great way to tap into a social scene you go into a place for 13 weeks you don't have any friends or anything to do and just bam now you have stuff to do and it's fun and it's immediate. Memphis, other places I've hashed in the Chesapeake area of Virginia, and that happened to be when Wedgie and Frito were in Richmond. So I got to spend a lot of time with them and get to know them well. And now they're lifelong friends. 
been so long now. You're making me try to remember 20 years ago. <laughs> where else, where do we go? This is pre-me. Pre-you. That's about it. How long were you in Memphis then? Memphis was six months. That's a double contract. I was in Mississippi, just south of Memphis. At some point, you made it to Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, kind of my home base was Western New York in the Finger Lakes area for 10 years. And I hashed repeatedly kind of in my group were the Buffalo hash, the Ithaca hash, Nidney Valley, Erie, Rochester hash. And Syracuse wasn't all that active, but they did have a good St. Patrick's Day hash once a year. Cougar, let's talk about your discovery of travel hashing and hashing beyond Hogtown. How did you find out about it? Do you remember any early ventures out? Mrs. Robinson is always responsible for my demise. She has been all my life. And trying to decide if the first travel hash I went on was indeed the night that I met Big Stones. I'm pretty sure my first travel hash was a red dress in Erie, Pennsylvania, and we stayed with Sir and Ho in Jamestown, New York. I'm almost positive. Yes. Stones was there with his ex, and we became fast friends. I'll just leave the story that way. And a bunch of us stayed at Sir and Ho's. It was a red dress run. I remember Pinchaloaf. I learned so much at this red dress run. Pinchy was wearing a red dress, and he was wearing a red shawl, and his running shoes had red tape so that they were red. He had a red crocheted hat and a purse. I thought, yeah, it's, a, it's about accessorizing. <laughs> he just took it all the way to the end. Gosh, the things, the difference, because, of course, this was Pennsylvania, and we were in clean old Toronto at the time, and even I smoked cigarettes, and I remember coming off the run and going into the first bar and almost choking to death because people still smoked in bars then. I don't know how much you want to go off on tangents, but I got a neat little pinch loaf story if you like to hear that. Yeah. Was that one of the eerie weekends before they went to Brushwood? They were at a, a couple's house and barn. I don't remember their names, but uh, there was a par three golf course that they had a golf tournament right up until today. It is one of the best afternoons of my life. It was fantastic. We took over the whole golf course. How do you take over a golf course? You just rented the whole thing because then we, oh, it wouldn't wow. be appropriate to have anybody else on the golf course. So Beaver Bam Balls, he thinks he's a character. So he gets a one wood and he's going to play the whole par three course with a one wood. Ha 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 on the other hand, says he can do that better. And he goes and gets a sledgehammer and he plays the whole course <laughs> with a sledgehammer. Those are dead. And then, oh God, it was the naked hole, the tequila hole. And people would have their clothing stolen, try to make it back to the campground naked. It's quite a show. <laughs> oh, we got in trouble for stealing the 70 pound gnome. And then the little old groundskeeper tried to come and take it from us. It was in the golf cart and he couldn't lift it. So we had to tell him, we're just going to go put it back. Don't worry about it. We got this. And then we got the golf cart stuck on this bridge trying to get over it. <laughs> I could go on. You could. Let's go on with your roles in mismanagement and event organizing. Cougar, when did you get either the confidence in yourself or the confidence of other people to take leadership role? I'm sure it was bestowed upon me. I can't imagine asking for it. At least maybe that's hindsight. But I was beermeister for about 10 years, I think. I don't remember 
how that happened. I don't regret it. Beermeister is really not that big a job unless you make it that. I'm not sure how I managed to organize a whole lot of weekends when I was never GM of Hogtown. I was GM of Watt, but not Hogtown. I think the first time I organized it with Wet and Dirty was when New Shoes was GM and he was at Worlds, which is just one weekend. So I don't know how we ended up doing the whole thing. <laughs> You're talking about the anniversary? Weekend? The anniversary weekend, yeah. Tell people what the, about the anniversary weekend Hogtowns. It's November. I'm not sure if November is the actual anniversary of the Hogtown hash, perhaps. Anyway, it's in November. And it's, I know that it's a weekend that is avoids a particular, very popular football game in the U.S. And it also avoids Thanksgiving. It's in there somewhere that's in order to have as many people from the northern states come up and visit. It is Friday night dress run of some sort. And then as Saturday trail that is always epic. It's, in my experience, it's always been really fantastic. Either rent a bus and go to the Rouge or in town, but certainly a really full day trail, just spectacular. Always, for the most part, off-road and wonderful. And it's always been so well-haired where no matter what your ability, and I know this is supposed to be, but you always ended up at the beer check at the same time and nobody felt left out or left behind unless they were stupid. <laughs> the trails were fantastic. And then in the evening, we had a band which started with the Sin City Boys when I was there for several years. Those guys were fantastic. They were very talented musicians and they played to us. They knew who we were. And so they were great. They were replaced with Ultimate and the Assholes. Ultimate and the Assholes. Yeah, sorry. Thank you. And that's a bunch of hashers. So that was always fun too. It's just, it was just a great weekend. Sunday morning was usually a walk around from that hotel. And it was just, it was terrific. It was great. At least two decades, the same hotel was always used. It's gone now. It's been knocked down, unfortunately. The events moved off to Niagara. What about when you were GM of the Twat and the origin of the pink dress run? Toronto doesn't have a red dress run. That's correct. Yeah. When I was GM of Twat, I, when I first took it over, <laughs> I think Halfwit said, it's going to die. And I just said, not on my watch. It's not. I felt like... There was a challenge to keep it alive. And that did include a couple of sparsely attended trails. One time, Wet and Dirty and I laid a trail, and the only person who came was Flab. And we said, there are more of us than you, so we're not doing the trail. Flab said, I came to run. And we said, okay, run and meet us back at Cougar's house, and we'll have dinner. And it was lovely. We had a great time. We just didn't want to do it again because we'd already laid it. And so Flab ran the trail, came back. She said, it was great, guys. Thanks. We built on that. And I decided to do a pink dress run because those who come from out of Toronto always come in November and November can be anything. It can be pleasant, but it's usually cold. And so hashing is it's indoors and yeah, that sort of thing. So I thought, let's do something in June. And we did the first pink dress run in June. It was hot as Hades, which was not the plan. And I remember thinking, okay, we're in town. I want it to be a celebration of Toronto. We started at, I think in Sex Toys Backyard was where it always started at the beginning anyway. I just I love this. I took everybody. I had someone there with a hash hole at the subway at Young and Eglinton, and I put everyone on the subway. So we have all these self-conscious boys who usually can run away from people gawking at them now, stuck on the subway to go downtown. I had found that there was an international drum festival in Queen's Park 
I just was able to find all kinds of different textures of the city that we could encompass in this thing. I put the walkers back on the subway halfway back and the runners just had to run all over the place. It was such a glorious day, I think. We almost lost Dima because he had on a Pinoir set that was not breathing well. <laughs> it was so hot. <laughs> but it was fun. It was good. Why was it a pink dress run? It wasn't a red dress run. Because I wanted to do it as a fundraiser as well. That wasn't really a common thing with the Hash in Toronto. So I wanted to do a fundraiser. And as and we so we set it up as a fundraiser for breast cancer research, which I assume it still is. I don't know. Is that it? still runs. I remember setting trail one day with H2O, and it was the day of the naked bicycle race <laughs> in Toronto, which is another thing that happens, which doesn't raise funds doesn't necessarily make a lot of people inspired. But by the time the hashers did the trail, all the naked bike raiders were gone. It is still strong. A sex toy has gotten rid of that house. It tends yeah. to be at Flab's backyard these days. Ah, uh, nice. Good. So there's your update. All right, Stones, what about events you've organized? first one that was completely my own was a Finger Lakes full moon hash. And we would go around once a month, roughly on the full moon. As long as you're within two weeks, you were fine. We didn't care. <laughs> but the plan for that was to go to some small town in the Finger Lakes and drink too much and then try to drive home. So the whole concept didn't really <laughs> pan out that well in this day and age, 20 years ago in that day and age. And that kind of fizzled out. And then I started a little Christmas hash. In Allegheny State Park, 23, 24, going to be 24 years ago, and it's still going. Holidays. First rule about holidays is don't talk about holidays. <laughs> Let's talk about holidays. Over the years, what are the things that have gone the most wrong? The Carolina trash. <laughs> Shitty and Scabby would bring them up, and they were a lot of fun, but they were just too much fun with the fireworks. and. All their antics. It's a state park. So we were trying not to draw attention to ourselves. And that's how we were able to stay in business for so long. And they were very bad at that. And I've kicked them out of the hash, but they just keep coming back. Do you want me to be Golden Dyke? And I don't know if Golden Dyke, he keeps getting bigger. He's probably nine foot five by now <laughs> in my mind. He's literally twice the man I am by weight. And I'm trying to kick him out of the hash and he's looking at me and he just says, I don't want to have to step on this little man. So he calms things down and just says, let's trade shirts. Stones is going, <laughs> looked at the situation. I said, that's probably the best outcome. So yeah, the Carolina trash, which a lot of these people now, they're my lifelong good friends, but they were quite something back in the day. Climate change, is it still snowy there when you go every year? We don't go every year. We are going back this year. It was, of course, Allegheny State Park closed the cabins last year, so I didn't have it there. They had it at a hotel, which that's not what we're looking for in a holiday situation. But they're back, and so we're going to go back this year. I'm not sure what the cabins are going to look like. Not going to be as rustic. I think you're going to have your own bathroom. You're kicking it up a notch. and Heaven forbid. More expensive and getting even more clickish. Yeah. Oh, I see. That big of 150 people was too much. It started out with just maybe five people in a couple cabins, and it got up to 150 people, and you're looking around, I don't even know who these people are, and this is just supposed to be our little parties. They've pared it back down. It's in good hands, and 
We get about 50 people a year, and that's a good number. Whose hands is it in now? Well, the Blessed Trinity. Death infection hung like this and wings both ways. The reason for the season hung like this. The voice of reason swings both ways. And I don't know. Lack of the one that's going to crack the whip. Death infection. <laughs> Whatever version you want to tell, how did you guys become a hashing couple? And when? We immediately, we knew each other and liked each other, but we were involved with other people and it took 10 years okay. before we were actually available for each other. And we'd seen each other through different relationships. Yeah. So you're talking to someone and then eventually it's like, why don't we just get together? This is ridiculous. Over the course of those 10 years, particularly in the last five of them, we became very good friends, yay, computers and stuff. So we would just chat with each other online about the, just stop. We just became really good friends. And then one July, I said, let's go on a date. And she didn't realize that was the whole month of July. I took a break off from contracts. We went to Erie weekend. Cape Cod first. We went to Cape Cod with my family and then her cottage in Muskoka. Yeah. And things turned out very well. We figured that was a good test. And it's gone swimmingly since then. Okay, you guys had to do the border crossing. How did you decide which country would be hashing all weather? No. Well, okay, two things. One, weather. And we're, even though it's about 90 degrees right now, I don't have a problem with that. Most people do. I'm Canadian, so I love it. Partly weather in terms of where in the U.S., but Rob's a physical therapist. And he would have to have gone back to school from... Day one. Difficult to practice up there, even like, though it's probably a better healthcare system. It wouldn't have worked for me to try to go up there and work. Yeah. And I can't have him not working because that's crazy. And for me, I'm a generalist, so I can work anywhere. Basically, and, um, event planner. Being a physical therapist, you're pretty mobile. So we just looked at a map and decided where we wanted to live and Asheville hit the bill. It certainly was on the list of where everyone should move at some point in the last 15 years. Eight and a half years. Had all the right check marks for what a great place to go consider. Mm -hmm. This is where you're going to live forever? Is that the way it looks? We're not planning on moving anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. I would say yes, unless something changes that. What about the hashing scene when you moved there? Oh, yes. Did it exist? Oh, yeah. So... We got married on a Friday. It was a week after we moved here. We went to the hash that next day on a Saturday. So that was our honeymoon. <laughs> it was an 80s hash. We got to meet wonderful people. At that point, it was very racist. A lot of young, fast people. It's gone through different swings in the eight, nine years. Yeah. People got married. They had to each kids. Other. And now they're getting divorced and they're single and back. And there's a whole new wave of young people. They're a little rowdier and crazier than we are these days. So we interact with it. We don't go every week, but we know a lot of nice people in the hash. We're still active with it, but we're not regulars, really. Yeah. At the beginning, if you were a walker, and I was starting to fall apart when we moved down here. So I'm walking, unbeknownst to me, with no labrum in my hips. So it was painful. And they thought that putting turkey, eagle, tough, easy was funny. That's not the spirit, in my opinion. It's, come on, the idea of this is so that we can get there at the same time. So you're making me do a turkey trail, and then you're mad at me because it takes me so long to get there? 
they tend to be, eh. And then you get there and they hand you a beer and run away. Why would I come then? This is not fun. And I'm not criticizing any, it was just the culture was just only about running, not about socializing. I used to say to Stones, go or we'll go and I'll just grab a cab home if I get Now I it's get more about socializing and you actually get very few people actually running trail. Everyone's chatting and carrying a beer. At yeah. Time. Yeah. So it's completely flip-flopped. Is that just random circumstances there? Or what do you, uh, not the hash in general or for the events that you've bumped into when you've been able to travel, is Asheville prototypical now? I don't know. Cause Eric, Interacting with hashers individually, the people that we've met over the years is what we do as a hash. We have a lot of visitors. We go visit people as we're traveling. We stay with them. We don't go to a lot of big hash events anymore, which is sad. We really should. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on a week-to-week hash with people. I see some stuff on Facebook and talk to the people we know. I think it all just goes in cycles. I think so. I think our kennel right now is going through a party phase, and, and that's okay. And then it will change. And they always do. And I think that's okay. We should probably go more often just to look dour. <laughs> We're the old cranky people. Yeah. Right? yeah. That said, you did just make a trip. You have connections to Northeast, U.S. and Canada. Did you, you just made a trip up. Oh, we went to New York City's 2000. Oh, yeah. That was fun. How was that? It was, was good. It was good. I thought we would know more people, but New York City is just out of Western New York, Toronto circles. But we saw Stick. He was good to see him and his big beard. Yeah, it took a minute. Hey, there's Fuxic. Where? Behind that huge beard. Ah, there we are. And <laughs> probably five or six other people that we knew well. There were a couple hundred people there. You'd think you would have known more, but it was great to meet new people. It was very... Very good event. And while there was a walking contingency with that group, I would say that there were more runners than walkers. They were running. They're a running kennel for sure. It was a nautical themed boat thing. I was Popeye. Cougar was olive oil. So yeah. you looked pretty damn good. Yeah. That was fun. It was great. And this is one of the things I love about travel hashing. I've heard of Long Island. I've never been there. Oh, had never been there. It is gorgeous. We were in the great gasping neighborhood. So yeah. I'm not complaining about that. It was spectacular. And now I'm comfortable riding the subways in New York. Our friends who live here and there. That's what drew us to the New York. Thing. Yeah. They have a home in the Bronx and Brooklyn. I'm yeah. sorry, the Bronx. Big Brooklyn. Difference. Big difference in Brooklyn. So we took the subway everywhere. It was fantastic. They told us how to get from the airport to their place. On the subway. And Mile High Cherry. We've got to get a reference. Yep. Mile High Cherry Pie. And what's Moses's real name? Comes on Moses. Comes on Moses. Those are the hashers that drew us there. They're terrific people. You guys doing a good job of naming people. And I'm sure a lot of people love hearing those names of people they know, or maybe they're going to listen to this. Who are some of the other people who you just remember from those days when you were hashing all the time that... Maybe you're still in touch with, maybe you wonder what happened to kind of big personalities or memorable people in hashing. Who was it in that time frame? I got to narrow that down. Always my girls from Hogtown. Sex Toy, Rose, H2O. I think you've met her before. Yeah. I love my girls from Hogtown and I miss that group an awful lot being down here. Oh, one thing, this is not a hash thing, but it is, it's a personal thing. 
my birthday was coming up. There was a red dress run here. And so a girl from Florida was going to come and stay with us, whom I'd met at the Chick Hash in Tampa. She, so I knew she was coming, and that was why it was acceptable for Stones to be really picky about how tidy the house was, pickier than usual. The doorbell rang a little earlier than I thought by about two hours, but whatever. I came downstairs with socks in my hand because I was doing some laundry and opened the door and sex toy was standing there. I had no idea she was coming. Ivy Licker, wow. who doesn't hash anymore, but she lives south of the city, had picked her up at the airport and brought her here. And I just went, oh, my God, I'm pretty sure I spread in tears. Well, I have a little video. It's one. <laughs> and the uh, next day, Mrs. Robinson and Bud Ugly showed up. So we yeah, you can't really organized all one. this for her birthday. Yes, you did. Well, That's fantastic. Friends who do that for you also are fantastic. Yeah. So that. And... We get a lot of visitors through here. Frida and Wedgie visit frequently. We've had hash hoots and other. We should have kept a book for people to sign in. We're starting to lose track. Come Chowder from Fort Lauderdale comes by every July. He just was here for a week. Well, this comes regularly. Well, now we've made new friends in the South. So we have people but, from Atlanta that we see now, people of a certain age that we kind of gravitate toward. Nobody does a circle like Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy's been here, Hole and Kimmy. Elvis Chesley. Elvis Chesley just sold us her Interhash 2024 Regos. She had oh. to bail out of that trip. But oh, I just hi. talked to her. We just had the drinks and dinner with Sex Toy Friday oh, before last. Oh, yeah. Your name comes up all the time. I should more often. And the times that we've been up in Toronto have always been heavily laden with family stuff. The last time we were up was the first time since the pandemic. So I hadn't been to Mrs. Robinson's new house. And then my goddaughter was getting married, so it was got to go to Bracebridge and hang out with Mrs. R and Bud Ugly, and then got to do the wedding stuff. And I really wanted to get out and see people in the hash, but we just too much stuff going on. And that let's talk about stuff. So in those years, there's t-shirts, hats, and red dresses, and everything. And so now you guys are in a new home together. Have you kept your hash stuff? I try not to. She's the pack rat of the family. We have a couple bins. We have bins. It's two big things that says hash. I think it says hash stuff on them. <laughs> and then make. we have three bins that are costumes. So the answer is yes. And it does come in handy. I don't wear my tags unless it's... Well, you wouldn't a, be able to lift them off, because, off the ground. Yeah, part. exactly. Uh, I have a lot of patches, but I don't have patches because I let someone put their tongue in my mouth. I have patches because I attended events. And like down here, the patch challenge thing. Do they do that up north? It's much more a, a USA thing, but sure. So we are not terribly interested in that. So we have stuff like when Steamer came to visit, she left us patches. And a couple people have done that. They leave us patches because we've put them up or whatever. But I'm not going to do patch challenges. I have enough patches to probably make a blanket. But I don't need to show off that. For me, it's not important. We never kept stats in Hogtown. And here, that's a big deal. Like people are, this is my whatever, however many runs we've had. And we have 69 patches for 69th hash when we were here. It's a really big deal among the people down here. And that's fine. Track of that yeah, they do. they do. Yeah. 
Yeah, a lot of people do that in various parts of the world. What's your take? Now, this is, again, I don't mean it to say be judgmental, but what's your take? Do you think that's driven by wanting to compare yourself to other people or accomplish? What do you think it is to make yourself feel more embedded in the tribe? What do you think all that's about? I think it's a little bit of ego and a little bit of wanting to belong. I think it's, a, I think it's half and half. There is a bit of a look at me thing about it. Oh, sure. You have your happy coat with all your patches on it and you look at them and say, well, he must have been around for a while because he's got all these patches or she has this. Yeah. Yeah. And then we really don't give a shit about that. anymore. <laughs> I don't care about that. I never have. And I'm not judging that. It's fine. We all know that the personality is a for pretty much a lot of the hashers. And so you're obviously that's going to be a thing. And you just have to find your place in that. I'm comfortable not being the center of attention. If, if I want to be, I will. motivated and involved and you need to have a patch and a number of runs or whatever, just no harm done. Go ahead. Do your thing. If I want to be the center of attention, I'll pull out a song that H2O wrote. Everyone, usually among the new people, their head snaps. Like she said, what? So. What about hashing and your relationship? Because you met each other. You were hashes when you met. Your hashers when you got married and hashing, like many people and lifestyles, doesn't always come to dominate your activities anymore. But what do you think about that? Are you, do you identify as a hashing couple or is that now something you did? Most of our lifelong friends we know through hashing. So that's always going to be something in our social situation forever. We see that when people come to visit, 90% of the time, there are hashers we've known for a couple decades, which is great. Not entirely, but even down here, when we do stuff, it might not be entirely hashers that we're doing it with. There's going to be a smattering of hashers involved in pretty much every social thing we do. You're allowed to have friends who aren't hashers, but I'm, I'm thinking of your identity. When life changes and you have a different just schedule and we go through passages of life and do different things. Do you still have the identity as I am a hasher? Is that something because of your part of your feeling as part of the hashing community? Yes. Yes. It's We're, like saying I'm Catholic. It's like being in a fraternity. Only, only almost identical to that. Uh, only better. I was going to say fraternity, <laughs> but she went that way. But it is. Think about it. If you have a religion that you follow, you'll use Catholicism for an example, and you're traveling, you're going to find your church and you're going to go. Yeah. And there's S&M in both of them. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think of it very much that way. And I'm okay with that. It doesn't mean, and I've said this to many 32-year-old young lady who's just been treated badly, in her opinion, maybe or not, by some other hasher guy. I've said, as she's crying on my shoulder, it's just a hash. This is your free time. You choose to be here. If it's not working for you right now, don't. It's okay. You're still a hasher. You don't have to put yourself through, oh my God, it's going to be a hash, blah, blah, blah. Don't care. Just get on with it. It doesn't matter. It is time that you choose to spend. So it has to serve you. And if you're going through a phase where it's not serving you, then don't hash and then come back later or not. Well, let's talk about general Hashing as a activity in the world and the idea of those alcoholics. They're, what do you think about alcoholism and the hash? What do you think about 
misbehavior on the hash and the idea me too movements in the states exposed everybody saying sometimes the hash culture as i raise my house of wine we'll open this discussion yeah talking about certainly everybody's supposed to behave but the hash ground rules of what everybody considers uh, normal behavior has changed over the years and when people trust each other and have friends it changed but what do you think about all that stuff let me say first, with the advent of social media and everybody just knowing everything, it's not as easy to self-regulate as it was back in yeah. 1998 or whenever I started. It was a small group of people. You knew everybody and you quickly weeded out people that were not going to be able to handle this situation. And it's just more open now. And I think it's harder to control. People come and they think it's just a wild drinking club and there are going to be no boundaries and don't understand the family and caring about each other backbone of the whole thing. And there seems to be this sort of formula. They found you on meetup or whatever. They come to the hash, they hash three times and then they hair and then they get named. What? When I grew up, and I know that really sounds old and whatever, but still, you had to earn your name. And I don't mean that it has to take six to eight months, but you got named on this first thing, but you have to earn it. And that's how you vet your young, if you will. That's how you find out if it's, that person it's just is harder to do that. Is now. going to the guy he alluded to the fellow in Knoxville who came to hash with us. And when his Uber got here, a sober person who was in the room helped him and his girlfriend, particularly his helped his girlfriend help him because he was really drunk, just get out to the sidewalk. And while they were waiting for the Uber, the dude pulled a knife on him. Wow. That guy should not be a hasher. That's something you should How find out about get someone. involved and had his foot in the door and got a name and he's got, he's capable of that behavior. So he's a violent drunk guy. He's probably wonderful when he's sober, but this is why you have to earn your hash. You're going name. to be drinking and you can't do that. You have to be able to control yourself and be a, if we're all going to be drunk, not a knife wielding yeah. drunk. You have to know how to drink. And if you don't, like I know that the best thing to do when you've had too many things to drink, too many drinks, is to go to sleep. That's what I do now. I used to fall down. Now I just go to sleep. It's great. <laughs> do you still bring anybody to the house? Do you still do you encounter people? Yeah, we have some yeah. neighbors I think would fit in and they come over and hang out on our porch with hashers, but they don't really, they haven't been to it. We try to get them together. Not yet. Yeah, I don't have a problem bringing people to the hash. We tend to attract the people we want to hang out with, and those people would be some hashers and some of these neighbors that are, they would be alike. So yeah. They would fit together. Yeah. But I don't know if they want and to then, go out and run around with the young people. My best friend in the whole wide world just came to visit us, and I've known her since we were 12. She is not a hasher. She's just not a hasher. And she I know that. Like a hasher. She drinks like a hasher. She, she has hosted beer checks in her backyard. I love doing that because when you put it in a civilian's backyard, hashers have no flipping idea where they're going. They're looking for a bar. But Liz isn't a hasher. She just isn't. I respect that. And she respects that I am. And she laughs. She calls me cougar from time to time. And then a little glint goes in her eye because she thinks it's funny. It's cool. It, you don't have to all. Not everybody has to be. Yeah. Some people aren't that. Communal is a good word. She just isn't. That made me realize, I think, we get used to it all. And when we use hash names, we don't think of the words of them. They're just no. somebody's name. And that's why it's so different with civilians yeah. who are either their part. Because 
hearing a hash name for the first time, they hear the words. Yes. They don't hear Shit's Creek and think, well, it's just the name of it. No, they hear shit. Yeah. On our way to your wedding, Sex Toy and I were on the streetcar. <laughs> and so we've got our going to a wedding clothes on the streetcar. And we're like, blah, 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 blah. And what pussy? <laughs> and I remember like all these, yeah, it just felt like prickly. Oh my God, we're in public. But we were going, doing something with hash friends and we were it forgot that we were wearing normal clothes because, yeah. The names well, what do you think of control too? Yeah, the hash naming with it expanding to all ages and all parts of all the world where. And the length uh, of paragraph names. That's my political standpoint. I'm done with that. Three syllables max. I, I, what about if they initialize them then? Then you well, should have just started with that in the first place. Yeah. Like flap. That's that means that I was responsible for the one guy's name. It was named after the one-eyed, one-horned, flying, pimple, people eater. Anyways, it was some, <laughs> it went to that tomb, but it was relevant for all the things that he had to say. So he had a paragraph name that I gave him. I broke my own rule, but it was perfect for that situation. I want to ask you one more thing. Is it inevitable? That you guys each found the hash. You didn't do it from the day that you were first in town with one. Cougar, you were invited and you didn't go right away. And your friends, you meet people because of circumstance, you're doing the same thing. What about the inevitability of hashing for people who you say they're hashers, they're in their zone, we're in their in the hash, and you guys have done it for decades. Do you think Hashing is inevitable and you would have found it in other circumstances. I'm trying to, I don't even know how to ask this question. So I was at early thirties when I found the hash and I found it remarkable that I didn't know that this existed beforehand, but I found it. And I think it's likely I would have come across it between the years 30 and 40. It's the things that I like to do, right? I think it just happened to happen when I was in my early thirties. It would have happened. I would have became aware of it. Yeah. Even without the internet. So I don't know. I will say, you just made me think of something. I don't know why. We were hashing in Asheville in a neighborhood that we don't usually hash in, which doesn't mean anything. It just is, or at least that I hadn't in a while. We're running up a hill because it's Asheville. And so people are yelling on an RU. And a lady who's probably younger than I am came off a her garden with a bunch of kids and whatever. She said, you guys hashers? Are you guys hashing? And I said, yeah. And she said, oh, I'm Lone Bone. That's not right. In fact, I think I know someone named Lone Bone, but she just threw a name out there. And I said, oh, you're a hasher? She said, oh, I haven't hashed in ages. And then she glanced at her children. And I said, you should come out. It's fun. We're finding that now that we're a little more mature. We're finding hashers that have been hashers early on and yeah. life has taken them away from it, but they still want to say hello. Yeah. And I always think it's okay. You don't have to come out and get drunk like all the kids or whatever, or try and find a partner. Yes, come just tell some stories and meet some people. That just gave me an idea. I wonder if anybody has gone on meetup and said, if you used to hash, we're having a party. It's not a hash. You don't have to run. Just come and. If you ever hash, come and meet other people that hashed and tell stories. I wonder how that would go. That's a neat idea. That's really cool. Let me know how it goes when you do it. <laughs> we'll put your name on it. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, no, I think that's a really cool idea. I know that Ivy Liquor doesn't hash anymore. She lives south of the city here. Shitty and Scabby don't really hash. Yeah, Shitty and Scabby don't really hash much. And then we have Chocolate Starfish and Miss Libertitties just north of us. They don't hash. Yeah. But we see them on occasion. Yes, soon. We're going to see Chocolate Starfish and Miss Libertitties for a big dinner thing next month. It's exciting. Very exciting. Yes. Once a year, we do yeah. that. That's great. You've done a great job of pulling up all the hash names. Your sex toy has that superpower, too. Oh, we don't. <laughs> now I feel like we're leaving people out and they're going to be pissed off. <laughs> some people just aren't as important to you. That's okay. <laughs> great way to get us in trouble. And all the rest. Feel good. Can I pull up the opera? <laughs> two tooth fairy. We know two tooth fairy. He's very popular. Let's take it down just a little bit. Let's mention some of the people that aren't here anymore. Oh. The people that came through. Mr. Jackson's still here and the whole Rumson yeah, crew. We still he is. Here. Yeah. We keep saying we've got to go to Como before he isn't here anymore. <laughs> and him down. He married uh, but Yeah, we were one of his marriages. And I think he's 7 out of 10 success right now. And so that's pretty good. I'm thinking people that you did some of these tub slut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tub slut. Okay. Here's a little story with him. We were hashing in Saratoga somewhere. I got to see him. I was in Albany and doing some stuff in the Adirondacks. My family's in Albany. He like locked his keys in his car and we're trying to help him. And he's very self-reliant. Now it's after dark and I'm like, I got to go home. I got to go to work tomorrow. And I'm like, can I just take you home and you can figure out something under a roof? And that was the last time I saw him as I left him there by his car with his keys <laughs> locked in there. I'm sure, Rory. With, I'm sure with Naked last time I saw him yeah, in a hot tub somewhere. He was a good guy. Yeah. And Ian, the last time I saw Ian coming was a Hogtown weekend in Toronto. And he, he always used to come up to see his sister and hash with us. And this was the first and last time that he did not actually run trail on the Friday night. He always wore a tacky dress and he always wore stripy stockings. I went on the bus with him. There was a bus that went to the different stops and I went with him and hung out with him that on that occasion. So it was nice to be able to spend time with him without all the millions of people around the whole time. I remember one weekend when we did try another hotel over in the West End and the hospitality suite was tiny. And there were all these new hashers in there, like blah, 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 talking and bring, putting back beers and drinking and stuff. And Ian was there just observing everything. He just turned to Tub, Tubby and said, I'd like to sing a song. And Tubby said, everyone, shut up, shut up. And these were relatively new people or probably old now. And then I think he's saying the puckered up little asshole song. Yeah, asshole. And, but he sang it so heartfelt and beautifully and these kids went from trying to ignore him to jaw on the ground mesmerized it was such a wonderful moment just his love of what he was doing and why we were there and he turned these younger hashers into hashers it's beautiful there's a story some young hasher was bitching that the trail was too long and the beer was too shitty or too much shiggy and this pissed me off and this pissed me off. And Ian just said, did you have a good time today? He said, yeah, then shut up. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Maybe someday 
someone will be on the hash and they'll tell the stories of Cougar and Big Stones and when oh, they told God. people to did you have a good time today and is your hash date too long just shut up. <laughs> we should say that more often. Just shut up. Just shut up. I actually well that's kind of my sentiment in general. <laughs> This is a great, it's been great talking with you guys. It's all, mm. I know it would be fun. I know it would laugh a lot. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Hashing? Get on here. Oh, Don't we? Yeah, of course you're not going to mention everybody. Everybody knows you love them, and they, they we didn't just have enough time to, to mention everybody. Yeah. did a good job. There's some people you might know stayed here a few months ago to go to a fish concert, What What, and Runner Girl. I think you know them well. So the last time I saw Runner Girl, I'm pretty sure it's the last time I saw him. We were at Stinko. I did the walking trail because I always do the walking trail. And it was fun. It, there were just a bunch of people drunk walking around through the woods. It was great. Then the next day for the Sunday circle, I'd already moved down here. Tour de Puke likes to sing his hash version of O Canada. So he called me in the circle for being. <laughs> to be a prop, yeah. To be a prop so he could sing that song. I'm standing there in the circle and he's singing his O Canada song, which is quite clever. And one day you'll be a state, blah, blah, blah. And Runner Girl goes, Lily Cougar, it's so great to see you. I didn't know you were here. And I said, Runner Girl, I spent the whole day with you yesterday. <laughs> He's, oh, okay. I was really drunk. Yeah, barely. <laughs> yeah, that is fun. And I'm not calling Runner Girl out at all. It was just, that's one of the fun things. I know you, but I haven't quite put you where I think I know you, maybe, or maybe just drunk. I don't know. But it was fun. We'll see if he recognizes you in this podcast. <laughs> I had a similar thing. I was talking to Radar Boy, a nippy guy who lives out in Montana at holidays. Apparently, we had a lengthy conversation and solving life's problems on Friday night. And then I went up to him on Saturday and said, Hey, oh my God, it's good to see you. Bud. He's like, really? <laughs> so all those problems still exist. That's your. Yeah. That's your apparently, you didn't solve them. <laughs> Not me. It didn't happen. So that's the kind of stuff that happens sometimes. All right. Let's talk about another big hasher from the South. Shit happens. We had for several years in a row gone to the Cooper River Bridge run with Shitty and Scabby and some other hashers from Florida. There's a set thing of what you do, including the Cooper River Bridge run. On the Sunday morning after that, everybody goes to Shem Creek, which is the bar that holds up shit happens on Sunday mornings. I was there with a bunch of people. Ooh, that was a good year. We had chestnuts and jingle jizz were there. And a bunch of people were having brunch. And I think, oh, shit happens is over at the bar. I should go and say hello. I went over and I said, hey, how you doing? And he said, oh, Cougar, it's so good to see you. And I said, it's great to see you. You having a good life? Things are good these days? He says, yeah. And they said, he sat back and just went, huh. And I smiled. He said, I remember you when you were hot. <laughs> <laughs> I said, and actually I just burst out laughing because I took the second that you took and then I burst out laughing and he said, no, seriously, I even asked your sister for your phone number. I'm like, you don't understand how like awkward that is to say. And he just didn't get it. And I just said, okay, I got to go now. Then you can hear from the whole restaurant, our table burst out laughing, but uh, a little bit unaware, I suppose. <laughs> There is one comeback to that. Unfortunately, I wasn't there to throw in your ear. No, I, I know. I had several. 
Oh, the one I was thinking is, oh, I'm sorry, I can't remember that far back for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that would have been the natural, but I just, all I could do was laugh. I really think he thought he was complimenting me. I, oh, absolutely. I have no yeah. doubt in my mind. Yeah, yeah. So that's fun. <laughs> all right. Anyway, that's that story. No, we could just do you know random what? stuff for hours, but that's not One in anybody's thing, best interest. And you touched on this slightly community. I, I was thinking about what people, like obviously my brain's going, who did I miss? Who did I miss? And I was thinking about the community that we have and the support that we have for one another. And then I was thinking about Tim Butfoss. And here is this fellow who put himself out there as one thing, and now he is just trying to stay alive. And the support that he has from the hash and that we all feel for him in his battle right now with we, some very we, nasty cancer. We care cancer. for each other. We care for each other. We support each other. And Buttfloss didn't ask for help, but he is getting it over and over emotionally. And there are other hashers that are having and some there are other other hashers. Yeah. And I just, I Everyone's love the supporting. community that we have and the support that we have for one another, wherever we are. I think that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Let me ask you one more thing each. Uh -huh. Is the RA always right, Cougar? Yes. Big Stones, is the RA always right? Oh, come on. There's <laughs> a continuum there. Yeah. It depends. Okay, let me change my answer to it. Depends on the RA. Yeah, I was going to say that depends on the RA. This RA, Ra, of course, is always right. Which brings up a little story. I'm sorry I didn't What's have an RA at holidays. Are you missing an RA at holidays? I had no idea of your background, and I dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, you did. Anyways, uh, that's so you okay. Line, if I would have got you up there to RA that day, I would have taken the foot out of me. Who knows what would have happened? Yeah. You never know. Did you have something else that came to mind, Cougar? Oh, no, just uh, really it depends on the RA. If the RA is good, then yes. If the RA just doesn't care, which I've seen, and that's just boring, then it's... then How much a part of the circle was key for you for hashing? How important um, is the circle? Uh, he, you have to play by the rules in the circle. Yeah, it becomes a problem, and you don't enjoy it as much if it gets out of control. The, the RA has to have control, and that keeps things flowing. That keeps things great. Dick Tracy does a fantastic job of putting on a show, and if you have a lot of people chatting in the background, and he just shuts it down because nobody's paying attention to him, and they're missing out on a damn good show. You have to have respect for someone who has the ability to run a good circle to let him, but her do their show. But to answer your question, I think it's the religion. I think that the circle is the coming together of the whole thing. The running is fun. The drinking is fun. The circle is celebrating who we are and how we interact with each other. I think the circle is the thing. It gives us a center so, to hold to. Yeah. So I actually think that I, I'm the one who gets really mad at people who talk in circle. I think that, yeah, it is... The reason after you do the running and that's good for your body, you do the drinking and that's good for your soul. define our community. The circle, yeah, defines who we are. I think this, I think that circle is vastly important. And I think that's because I was raised by really good RAs. 
That's very good. Now I don't know if I should ask everybody this question or you've answered it and we never need to ask anyone else again. (laughs) I think it depends on your experience. Like when people are disrespectful in the circle, which is again right now happening a lot with our kennel, it's because they don't understand the importance of it or they don't respect the importance of it. And that's because they, I think that again, they're just not being properly introduced to hashing, in my opinion. As they say on Ally McBeal or whichever show that was, yes. It's important <laughs> to have a little closure and wrap up your day and at the end of it to have this circle. Even if it's poorly done, you should tidy it up like that and say, yeah. we got together and this is what we did and yay. Yeah. Our family was... And every religion needs its ceremonial aspects. Right? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's great. 